Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. This is episode one of our off-season walkthrough tour. We kicked it off here in our own backyard with the U of T Varsity Blues, so let's jump into that right now. Clay Sequeira, quarterback for the University of Toronto Varsity Blues. Will Corby, number 12, University of Toronto receiver. Nolan Lovegrove, wide receiver number two for the University of Toronto. Michael Lehman, receiver for the University of Toronto Varsity Blues. Daniel Dildati, receiver for the University of Toronto. You're listening to At the 55. At the 55. At the 55. At the 55. You're listening to At the 55, best podcast in the nation. Okay, Dakota, so we kicked off the offseason walkthrough tour with your University of Toronto Varsity Blues. Am I now? Is this a surprise now, or should people be expecting? Is there a new team you're going to jump I mean, on only, for 2020? They only, only signed me onto a one-year contract, so we'll see how it goes. Just know? a one-year contract for so, hype man. It's a hype man one-year contract. You know, now I'm a free agent. We'll see. We'll see what they want. So it was a ton of fun getting to sit down with these guys. Great time. You obviously had a bit of a relationship with some of these guys throughout the season, just getting into contact with them and and chatting with them as the season went on. But it was really cool getting to sit down and just kind of you know shoot the shit. So our f- your first swear word, I think, on the podcast. Oh, boy. All right. We're going to have to keep track of those Bob, ones. Bob and the Cherry, episode one. I love it. Sorry, continue. Um, <laughs> so we started off with... I, uh, I feel like you deserve the honors to... I mean, I said it in the episode as well, and we did it with him, but, you know, Killer Clay. Clay with a K. Clay Square. Clay, number six, quarterback for the University of Toronto. Varsity Blues. Uh, I'm sure we have plenty of comments on what he had to say, but let's jump right into the interview and let you hear what he had to say first and foremost. To my left is Killer Clay. Clay with a K. That's not actually how you spell it. Clay Square, how's it going? Well, thank you for joining us. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Good, good. How's the offseason going so far? Offseason's going well. Uh, been training a lot. Been throwing a little bit. Um, getting back in the groove of things after the new year. Um, and ready to get back at it. Awesome. You want to start us off? Yeah. For those who don't know, um, despite the record, they are coming off a record-breaking season. Clay setting U of T records for passing touchdowns. Congratulations. Appreciate it. You know, later in the episode, we're going to have two of his favorite receivers who both had eight receiving touchdowns. So my first question, I'll make an easy one for you. Out of those two receivers, which one's your favorite? (laughs) You know, I can't answer that. (laughs) Uh, My my love uh, extends far for both those guys. So, uh, you know, I, I don't want to break other, any other hearts, but uh, that's fine. We'll both ask those guys, you know. We'll ask, we'll ask them which one they think later on. Yeah. Uh, so, Clay, I have a bunch of questions regarding the season, but just as a little background info on your story getting to U of T, because it is a bit of an interesting journey you had. Sure. Uh, so, born in, um, you'll have to check my pronunciation, Pierre Font. Pierre Font. Pierre Font. Yeah. Which, in doing a little research, kind of interesting. I learned a little bit. Pierre Font, now just part of Montreal. It is part of Montreal, yeah. So, Long my Island. Yeah. first question, is there any kind of, like, regional, like, beef there where it's, like, you're from, like, Pierre Font, so it's, like, you're not really from, or Montreal, like, do Montrealers give you flack or anything I mean, like that? I uh, mean, some people disagree with me. Pierre Font is the West Island of Montreal, and the actual translation, Pierre Font, in English, is rock bottom, Oh, which is actually really <laughs> funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's, I wouldn't say there's beef, but the West Island is just as, mar- just as much part of Montreal as, you know. Uh, I mean, are you like, are you like the Brampton of Montreal? <laughs> Um, Maybe more than Mississauga. Well, I'd, give, I'd give us Mississauga. So starting literally from rock bottom. Starting from rock bottom, literally. Um, and then, yeah, I grew up in the West Island, Montreal. And then from there, you head down stateside. Yeah. Concord, yeah. New Hampshire for the St. Paul's Big Red. St. Paul's Big Red, yeah. Uh, I played two years there, so I graduated from high school in Montreal at Selwyn House School. Um, and then you, I had a choice, either to play stage up football or go down south. Um, both my brothers prior to me, um, they went to boarding school, went to prep school in the U.S., and I figured uh, it was a logical transition for me. So uh, I followed my brother's footsteps. He was the quarterback there before me. Um, and so I went to St. Paul's and Concord. Um, and, man, it was a great two years. It was, uh, it was awesome. Uh, and I, Honestly, I wouldn't change my experience there or my yeah. journey to where I've gotten for anything else. So. And that's your brother, Colin, right? Yeah. Is he, and he's at Concordia now? Is he still he, there? He's graduated or? now, but he was – uh, a quarterback there for three years. Okay. Yeah. And then your other bl- brother played at Queens, right? Yes. Evan played at Queens for, I think, three years as well. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So then you have the three brothers, all from Pierre Font. One stays local, or at least one stays Quebec. You and your brother Colin go down to New Hampshire, then you both make your way to Ontario. So what was the decision? Like, I imagine you had a lot of offers from different schools, probably stateside as well. 
what or maybe not don't matter. Yeah, no, you'd be surprised. <laughs> Honestly, um, I think the goal for anyone who's in the States, you want to stay in the States. Sure, yeah. And for me, I was set. I didn't see myself as a Canadian quarterback. I didn't see myself coming back to Canada. Um, but man, my offers were mainly D3. Maybe a couple D2 schools were interested in me, but D1, no D1 schools came calling. Um, and I was set on going Division Three. actually. I was content with that. Um, but, you know, it didn't exactly make sense for me to stay in the States. Uh, U of T uh, made sense academically for me. Um, and then I think there was a pretty good situation where I can come in and play at an early age. And so for me, uh, it kind of just made sense to come back. And honestly, I didn't talk to any other Canadian schools. So oh, so it was U of T was, all the way. It was honestly, if I wasn't going to stay in the States, which didn't look feasible at the time, uh, it was U of T. So. And how I got the story about how I got recruited there is actually pretty funny. Um, my roommate here, he's he reached out to U of T and he was being recruited and he's a receiver and they were watching his tape and they were impressed with his tape. But then they looked at him and goes, "Who who throws you the football?" Right. And um, that night I got a call from I think at the time it was Coach Moore and uh, that's how I started getting recruited here. I didn't even they weren't really on my radar or anything. But then all of a sudden they reached out after my roommate reached out to them and went on a visit. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, now you're going into it's your fifth year, correct? Your yeah. That's la last year of eligibility. Last year of eligibility. Um, so you know you ha you're the you're the veteran of the team. Some may call you the father of the team. Um, my question is, would some call you perhaps a, a U of T daddy? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, you guys did your research, didn't you? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I guess you can call me that. Sure, I'll I'll take it. Yeah. Is there um, really more to that story? There's not. There is no more to that story. Um, <laughs> I think if if people want context on that, they can uh, they, they could find have it. You, have you requested for that that stuff to be taken down? Or listen, I I didn't. Uh, it's not like I submitted myself to be um, <laughs> quote unquote a U of T tatty, but it kind of just uh, it just happened one day. And listen, I'm am I gonna. I gonna complain to get it down? Probably not. I think I'll, I, th I think I'm happy. I'm any I'm any happy publicity is good publicity. At e that exactly. Point. Um, but but more on the actual stuff of you being a veteran. Um, there's a lot of great young talent on your team, and not just on the offensive side of the, of the ball. Are there any rookies from this year that you're expecting to have? You know, a big, you know, watch out for the moment next year going into their second year. On defense, we had uh, James Stockwood. Our, he was an all rookie D tackle. He was great for us this year. Um, and then I think in the DP core and at linebacker, we graduated a lot of players. And so I think we had a pretty big recruiting class last year. And so there's going to be plenty of positions up for grabs. Um, I think offense, we're pretty much going to be the same. Um, I, I think we're exactly the same actually, but, uh, on defense, there's going to be plenty of opportunity. So, um, I think there's a huge crop of guys and, uh, Listen, there's going to be some young guys stepping in uh, in pretty key roles next year. And just and on that note, you were saying that obviously the offense is staying uh, very much the same. And we talked before we started pressing record. I do have to ask this question. Um, there have been some coaching personnel changes uh, that are happening. You're now going into your third year with, you know, we'll call it three different offensive schemes. Is is that something that you're, you know, a little worried about or because you have the same kind of same key guys you know it's just the, everyone's going to fit into the role they need to be in yeah i'm at a point now where i've kind of become immune to that sort of thing i think the guys in the lock the guys we have in the room that's really what matters most i think it's irrespective of scheme whatever scheme it is we'll adopt it uh we'll make it work because the guys in the room uh, that's what matters most i think we have a, a pretty good personnel on offense so uh, i think we'll make it work regardless so we asked you about some of the guys on your team who you think might have a breakout year uh, what, what's cool in doing these interviews is not only getting your perspective on your own teammates, but also getting a feel for who else in the league you might have your eye on. So either at your position or perhaps just any player of note, uh, or are there any players of note that you really like checking out how they've been following? Obviously at the quarterback position, there's a, a lot of talent, or at least there was quite a bit of talent this past year. Any guys there? There's that, some MVP snubs. You know, <laughs> we can get into that. Um, <laughs> in my opinion. But any uh, any guys around the league that you you're always checking in on or that you're following? Well, um, what's his name? Queens starting quarterback now. Uh, they switch around well, their quarterback. So we got James Keenan and Ryan Lacandro. Lacandro started against you. Yeah. Guys. So so Lacandro, um, I hosted him on 
his U of T visit. Clearly uh, didn't do a good enough job. Clearly, clearly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, why would he want him to come in and take a spot? Clearly spark? didn't do a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> True. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Did a great job then. Um, but yeah, I've been, uh, he got his first start against us. Yeah. And I was really impressed with how he played. He was poised. Uh, he played really well. And so I'm excited to see how he does. Um, hopefully he can kind of hone into that position and they could um, sort of build around him, I mm. think. But um, him aside, I mean, I think, like, like you said, there's a ton of good talent in this league. Obviously, Trey is its a highlight reel package all the time with yeah. him. Um, and then I think there's going to be some opportunity, right, this year. Um, I think Western kind of has uh, an, an opening there at quarterback. But uh, the, na- the name escapes me, but I know the old McMaster coach. Okay, I remember sure. when the quarterback transferred there. Sure, sure. Oh, Jackson White. Yeah, because oh, Kevin true. John's gone, Chris Merchant's gone. Yeah, that'll be interesting, yeah. Actually, you know what? So on the point, because you brought up Queens and actually bringing up Jackson White's name brings up an interesting thing because when they had Duick and White going back now to the 2018 season, they kind of fluctuated between the two. Obviously, when they put the ball just in Duick's hands, we saw what he was capable of doing, leading them to uh, the championship. Yeah. And so talking about Ryan Lacandro, talking about Queens, they kind of went back and forth this year between him and Keenan. And we talked on a lot of pods about whether at a certain point you need to just commit to one guy and say, you know what, for better or for worse, we will get, we're better off getting the most we can out of this one guy and just committing into him and giving him the reps. What's your take on that in terms of having two capable quarterbacks that you might not be sold 100% on one or the other? I do think there is some value in having certain packages for certain players. And I think at the quarterback position, though, a lot of it is building momentum and building that confidence under center. Mm. And so I think when you're flipping back and forth between quarterbacks, it's kind of hard to build that confidence, right? And so personally for me, I have been in that situation. My second year, I was kind of in that kind of flip-flop sort of thing. And it's hard to get into a groove, especially in games. You never know if the next drive is yours. It's. I feel like you play with a certain amount of pressure that isn't really necessary. I think there's more value in committing to one and then kind of riding with it. Mm. And yeah, no, just just to add to that, I know we talked about this in the past, but as a receiver, it's it's important for them as well because there's no. You have to build chemistry obviously with the quarterback, but you know, for the average fan, every pass looks the same. But passes come out with different timing. Quarterbacks have different cadences. Sure. There's so much that goes into it as opposed to just like, oh, it's just another guy throwing the ball. Yeah. You know, I, I would I pick one quarterback over another quarterback, and I'm sure quarterbacks pick receivers over other receivers. So flopping back and forth, like that quarterbacks that key position, so flopping back and forth is going to mess up a lot more than just yeah. the momentum of the drive. So I want to talk about this past year, you in specific, because the numbers are obviously, as Dakota alluded to, historic and just, you know, incredible. So, all U Sports or the U Sports leader in yards, 2,618. Second place, Duick at 2,431. First in yards per game at 327.3. Duick again in second in that category at 303.9. First in touchdowns thrown, 24 in the, for the season. Second place, and I'll probably butcher his name, Hunter Guenard for Macadia at 16. 16 was yeah. second place. So. Comfortably, that's, that's the AUS too. That doesn't count. <laughs> Hunter, Hunter's my boy, though. He's, uh, he had a good I'm sure season. he's great, yeah. but I have yeah, my, no, I have I my beef with AUS. Yeah. But you know, so in first in those major categories, comfortably in first. But of course, one of the names we mentioned those being Duick. He finishes the year with the Yates, and then of course, as we talked about some of the other quarterbacks that you were competing against, like Merchant, like Trey Ford, they take home the first and second OUA QB spots, and Merch, of course, taking the MVP. But nonetheless, this is an incredible year you had. And like, I can't imagine you have anything but pride for what you accomplished. But I'm just curious how you look back on the season, knowing that you had such a great start to the year as a team. It kind of faded away a little bit, but you still had all that success individually. Um, I see the season offensively as, uh, sure, it was a step in the right direction. I think uh, we did some things on the field this year that we didn't think we'd be able to accomplish. Um, in terms of being recognized, does it really matter to me? Not really, no. Um, I don't need the valid, I don't need the external validation. I think everyone kind of wants it a little bit, but at the end of the day, I think uh, we, as a program, took a step forward, and that to me is far more important than uh, an OUA acknowledgement or an all-star award, whatever it is. Um, that to me, sure, it would have been nice to get some validation, but <laughs> man, I think as a program, we're, we took, a big step and I know think record wise guys think 
you guys went two and six. I don't see the step. We were in every single game this year, and uh, I can't say that in years past. I, there mm. were some games that escaped us pretty early, and I think uh, that to me is more important than any individual accolade. Yeah, I think it's it's honestly a shame that you know a lot of casual fans are going to look back on this year and say, oh, two and six, you know, it was nothing. When, like you were saying, obviously, yeah, you were in every game. The first game of the season, you guys could easily won. Queen's game, yeah. you know, could easily won. Not to rub anything in. No, <laughs> salt, in, yeah, yeah, salt no. into the wound or still anything hurts, like that. Still hurts. But yeah. then just obviously, and, and the records you guys, the numbers you put up, the records you guys put up, and it's it's unfortunate that, yeah, a lot of people are going to look back and say, oh, it was just, you know, it was a whatever season. But, you know, I with that being said, any true player that actually looks at games and watches games or any recruits are going to be like, okay, you know, it is a step in the right direction. Hopefully more recruits are going to come in. I think I think Greg Marshall needs to recruit from within the city a lot more, but that's just my personal opinion with him because um, there's a lot of talent in Toronto. And if you guys can keep bringing kids in, you know, I, I, I don't want to say the sky's the limit, but you guys could definitely start making the playoffs. And I think next year is going to be a big, you know, what now kind of situation. Uh, I completely agree. I've been saying um, my whole recruiting spiel when I host recruits is where I feel like we're a hidden gem and a lot of guys don't see that that way um, we're in the city of Toronto uh, we have some of the best facilities in the country um, and so obviously U of T is a national a great academic school mm-hmm. um, and so for me yeah I'm always a little curious as to why Toronto kids are so reluctant to come to the university um, but yeah I mean I'm super super happy with my decision and I think a lot of Toronto kids need to realize that we're I don't know uh, if you want a, a, a full university experience with a competitive uh, football program that's honestly not even just a competitive football program but a program where you can come in and make a difference and like you can't really say that about a lot of other programs you kind of get buried in a death chart I think uh, at U of T you're in a, like a unique position where you can come in and you might be the next man up who knows mm. And so when you can come in and sort of build something from the ground up, I think that's something that's pretty. Yeah, and I and I don't I don't know where where the miss is. Um, I've coached four kids that now play in your roster. So obviously Dio, Layman, uh, Sam Conte, and Chris McLean, your punter now. Yeah. Um, and but I I've found that every other kid that I coach, if they're going to pick a Toronto team for some reason, it's York. So I don't know where the miss is, where it's happening. You know, and then they leave after one year. <laughs> Listen, York. We need to talk. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I think it might just be the stigma of the team being like, people think U of T, and like, oh, 13 years without a win, sort of thing. Like they're trash, but that's not necessarily the case. And I think it. I don't. And I'm not going to ask you this question because it's going to put you on the spot. But you know, it's where, where is it? Is it coming from management that they need to get out recruiters and and talk to kids like face to face and you know pick up some young coaches that deal with kids all the time and, and actually be like, Hey, U of T is one, one's a great school. Everyone knows U of T is a great school. Um, and then also like the programs there, you can step in. It's not Mac. It's not Western where you may not see the field mm-hmm. until your fifth year of eligibility. Mm-hmm. Like Sam Conte was on what? Every special team yep. as, a, as a true freshman. Yeah. And I, li- is- I like to use the term like to build something. Cause when I went to Guelph and in my first and second year, we were still very much building the program to sort of where it's become a consummate winner in, in years. And well, not this year. Well, whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, but they, one of their big sales pitches, um, which is a not so subtle nod to another school, was that do you want to go somewhere where you paint a house or do you want to go somewhere and build the house? Yeah. You know, and so I, I like you guys having that mentality. I think that resonates with a lot of kids out there where there's obviously the allure to going to those big programs, the storied franchises, so to speak, of the OUA which I mean, realistically, if we're talking about storied teams and schools, despite the current stigma about it, U of T ranks amongst the best schools out there. Pretty sure they're the only OUA team to win the a great, great cup. cup. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, yeah, so you, do you think it's, it's, it's turning in the right direction, though, with the, the sort of positioning of the school in the eyes of recruits? I, I do see, listen, from uh, in, in relation to my first year, there's definitely been the progression that I've seen. Um, do I think we're there yet? No, but I think we're closer than we've ever been. Um, but, yeah, no, I absolutely agree with what you're saying. Uh, it, why, I don't know, if you can be a part of something, uh, like, still, I don't know, it feels like not, I don't want to say early years, but, like, right. the foundational pieces of, like, the next big thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's, I feel like I've been a part of that for the last, like, three years. I feel like we're 
building something pretty special here. And that's why for me, if I'm a recruit, you can be a part of, I want to say history because I do think we're going to make history. And I think there's a lot of a certain level of humbleness that comes in that knowing that, you know, you know, knock on wood, maybe you don't win a championship in your tenure there, but you lay the groundwork that makes U of T the place that other recruits in the future are going to want to come to. And maybe they don't win it, but they're keep on building. And eventually it's, so it's, it's that knowledge that I'm going somewhere with a look towards the future of that program, even if I'm not necessarily a part of it as like on the roster in that sense, when it does reach the pinnacle. They, they just, success. they just want to, a lot of kids want to just win now. It, it was, it was, it's funny just cause you know, I coached Daniel Dottie and I coached Justice Allen, and they obviously went in very different directions. Where Justice was going and said, "Hey, you know, he's going to go. He's going to probably lose three games, four games in his entire college career, but he's not going to get the touches that he necessarily wants." And then there's Dio, where it's, "Hey, you're going to go from we just want one offsa and one undefeated to you're going to play a lot of positions, but you might not win for your first two years." Yeah, and, and what what yeah. like how how tough of a player mentally are you where you can go and be a championship high school player and then have to go to a program and realize I have to work that much harder and we still may not win. And and do I blame recruits for being narrow-sighted in that way? Do I, no, not at all. Everyone uh, wants to win. If, ex- I came here, I wanted to win as well. Um, but what I've come to realize is it's about building like a lasting legacy. And so for me and for the guys on our team, I think that's something we've kind of realized is, is, is a attainable um and so if we can like you said be a part of the the guys that help turn the program around i think that to me is is worth far more than i don't know the instant gratification of a of i don't know obviously winning's great but man well, if it makes I that help, playoff berth that much more special yeah ex- like, ex- exactly that's why I, you know i just want to say western because i went there it's expected you go to playoffs yeah every single year it's expected you your first seed seven and one eight no but you know Say next year you guys go I'll do four and four and you make the playoffs. You know you guys will enjoy that a hell of a lot more than any Western player ever has going eight now. Def- definitely. What what would be? Yeah, I, I mean you can definitely say it's uh, something that we think is not only attainable but it's so well within our reach and that should be the expectation now for us though. So, um, but yeah. Last thing I just want to ask you about. Um, I don't know if the schedule, I don't believe the schedule's out yet, or if it is, I don't know if everyone has access to it, but assuming you may play, just assuming you could play anyone in the OUA next year, is there one team you're looking forward to more than any other? Save for like the Argo Bowl necessarily, because I'm sure that's like the stock sure. answer. I think uh, if you look at our schedule from last year and look at the results, there are some close games. So obviously for me, obviously Waterloo, mm. uh, Queens, um, even Mac, obviously York aside, that's a given. Those three teams, I feel like we had a very, very realistic chance at winning those games. And yeah, I'm hungry. And yeah, uh, I would. I'm looking forward to the chance of playing them again, 100%. Sorry, just one more thing for me. Um, results aside, what is that you know that red and blue Argo Game Bowl like? Because obviously there is that cross town rivalry. Um, it, a lot of people don't give it the credit it deserves. Um, I think Queens Western gets a lot of kind of dominates that rivalry, but, uh, the red and blue bowl is tough, man. It's, it's fierce this past year. Yeah. We wasn't the outcome we wanted, but it was hard fought. And every year I've been in it, it's been an, a really, really fun game and a really intense and competitive game. And I think, uh, it, I think it should be on notice a bit more, um, mm. And sure, I, I understand why it hasn't been. I mean, it's not like there's been winning teams in, who have been participating in the Red and Blue Bowl in the years past. But and the city of Toronto hates football, which is just apparently unfortunate. yeah, apparently. So, um, but yeah, no, it's those games. They don't get enough credit for being uh, as competitive as intense they are. Am I wrong in saying that York Stadium is an absolute wind bowl? Like, <laughs> like how how windy is it on that? Field? I don't think I've ever played a game in that on that field where it wasn't just. 20 miles it's it's somehow like yeah. I looked at both uprights and both flags were pointing in different directions and I didn't understand the <laughs> physics of that. Yeah, no, it it seems like it's always a, a, a weather nightmare. Well, next year should be at UFT, right? If it it is, yeah. well, then damn, hope so. Yeah, I'm like uh, one of York again. <laughs> uh, well, to to go back to something, a turn of phrase you used a moment ago. 
talking about players who want the instant gratification. We obviously live in a world of instant gratification. So to you and your teammates who are out here trying to set the foundation for the resurgence of a powerhouse here in Toronto at the University of Toronto, I tip my cap to you and your teammates. And I firmly believe that, you know, that time might be coming sooner than people think, as I'm sure you and your teammates also get on the bandwagon now. I thought that ship sailed. What was that post bye week? Yeah, it was before Queens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> we know what happened there. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, a team that has every school in this league and across the country, I would think on radar, not just because of the explosive offense, but because of the well-rounded nature of the team. Uh, so it's no, no doubt going to be fun to watch you guys this upcoming season. We're obviously hoping for the best for you guys. And uh, thank you so much for sitting down with us, man. I appreciate it, you guys. Thanks for the love thanks. and thanks for having us. Always, man. Appreciate it. Once again, that was me and Dakota sitting down with the quarterback for U of T, Clay Sequera. Dakota, first impressions, getting to sit down with him. Um, you know, humble man. For a guy that just set a bunch of records, pretty humble. Uh, I would also say, you know, well-trained with media. Try to catch him slipping a couple times. Um, man, but if I had set those records, I'd be talking like shit on more. Yeah. But no, great, great guy. Obviously, you know, knew him before we sat down. Um, humble, great guy. Yeah, no, it was, it was really interesting. And I know that, uh, Will and Nolan get into this a little bit, but it is interesting to talk, hearing him talk about his choice coming to U of T and just the opportunities that were kind of, that were more available there than perhaps some other schools and just that that sort of almost faith, if you will, of of building a program, knowing that they might not be here to reap the results, but they're sort of laying the foundation so that when other kids coming into the league look at U of T, they look at them as seeing an up-and-coming program, so then they might come in and help continue to build that and all that. I mean, that's how you build a program. I mean, I feel like and he, you know, to use some of the language he did, in that interview talking about this age of instant gratification, I, I absolutely applaud what, you know, these guys are doing and what they've been doing. And, and there's plenty of other examples throughout the league too, of, of just guys committing to teams because they, you know, obviously they talked about the, it being in downtown Toronto, being an allure for them and all the other things that made it so attractive and just saying, you know, we'll, we're committing to the school. We believe in it. And, you know, we're going to see it through the end, whether or not we're there to see the success as well or not. So, yeah, it is a very impressive young man, as we knew on the field, but even more so getting to talk to him there. Um, but, of course, he is nothing without the receivers who catch the beautiful balls that he throws up in the air. So that transitions us nicely into our second interview that we did. Dakota, we sat down, of course, with Will Corby and Nolan Lovegrove. The two of them had almost identical stats on the the 2019 season, um, both putting up production that got them toward the top of the OUA and all of you sports in some instances. Um, what were your thoughts sitting down with those two? Again, just, you know, so, some great guys. Uh, I, I think U of T needs a little bit more swagger, man. The guys are too humble. They're, they're, <laughs> too, ni they're too nice. You know, and you'll, you'll see in the next couple weeks – you know, some people some people talk that shit, and I think U of T is out there doing their thing. I think they need to play with a little bit of a chip on the shoulder. I'm, I'm talking to you, Will. You're too nice and genuine of a human being. You need to talk some more shit. Well, I mean, that you may be right in that regard. For me, the best thing was, in this one, finding out just fun little nuggets of information about the two of them or bringing up certain inf things about them that uh, I think – both of us were a bit caught off guard and learning about, and I'm sure uh, you listening. For, for anyone, for anyone listening, Zach is the type of person that you know. If someone said, "Oh, I'm dating this person," they gave him the first name. Twenty seconds later, he's got like their grade A report cards. Like he, he's a detective. <laughs> Zach is a detective. And on that note, here's Dakota and I sitting down with Will Corby and Nolan Lovegrove. Cool. Okay, so continuing with the. UFT portion of our off-season walkthrough tour. We are now sitting down with receivers Nolan Lovegrove and Will Corby. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us here today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's a pleasure. How, uh, so, so far, how's the off-season going for you guys? Pretty good. A lot of weight room stuff, mainly. Yeah, just, you know, just trying to kick the rust off. You know, we've had a month off, so. Yeah, pretty, getting back in excited. shape. Yeah, pretty excited to, you know, get back out there. Right on, right on. 
Uh, I'm going to dive into just a, a tough question for you guys. Get out, get out of the way. Um, we did get the answer from Clay, but which of the two of you do you think is his favorite? Oh. Oh. Like, that's a tough question. Um, <laughs> I'm eight, gonna, eight, eight touchdowns apiece, a little un, under 800 yards apiece. I'm going to say Nolan because I think I get under Clay's skin a little ever, uh, once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to say, like, I agree with that because if anybody's <laughs> yeah. going to talk back to him, it's probably going to be – Yeah, like, I, I would him. say. And he just says – he goes, man, like, like you know, you could throw me out of bounds and be like, yo, is that a good ball? I'd be like, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because his answer was, I can't say it, I love all my guys. But, yeah, I, I appreciate the okay. honesty there. But, you know, so, so he gave a very political response. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, let's play. He, he is a future politician, that <laughs> yeah. guy. Um, but as Dakota alluded to some of your stats, you know, it's, it's pretty incredible. I'm sure you guys at some point looked over the numbers for the year for Will – 99.6 yards per game. Yeah. Nolan, 95.3. The eight touchdowns apiece. Will, 797 yards. Nolan, 762. Three yards short, eh? <laughs> Come on, man. Um, I went over the team. Yeah. Try, try to find the extra. <laughs> and leading, uh, leading all you sports with, with the yards. Um, when you guys saw that at the end of the year, like what was – what did you guys think when you realized how darn close your numbers were? It was pretty crazy, but honestly, like, throughout the entire year, like, it was just like feeding off of each other the entire time. Like, that, it was, that's what was like, special to me, I felt, that like, constantly it was just feeding off of each other. Yeah, man, like, just, you know, like, whenever he makes a play, you know, like, I'm, it's, it's basically like I'm making a play, like, you know, I'm losing my mind because, <laughs> you know, that's my dog. So every time, like, you know, he gets, he gets a deep ball, pushes it one-on-one -on -one coverage to me, then, you know, I make a play, then it's back and forth. So it's just, yeah. you know, I appreciate him. Yeah, I appreciate him. It's, exactly. a, it's a good deal. This is excellent. I love it. It's a nice little, <laughs> nice little connection here. I like it. Um, so one thing we had talked about during the season, you guys go 2-1 and one out the jump and could have easily been 3-0, and oh, that comeback against Waterloo almost pulled it off. And then you go into the bye week, and you guys were looking so hot, and so I threw out the take just to see – what anyone would make of it? Jinx it for everybody. You know, if you yeah. want to blame me as the jinx, like go <laughs> ahead. I will, and I have continued to blame. <laughs> Being that this couldn't have been a there couldn't have been a worse time for the bio for you guys. Absolutely. You had the game in Windsor. You guys, yeah. The offense explode. I don't have the numbers in front of me. It was ridiculous what you guys put up. Clay's yeah. numbers in that game were crazy. Was there part of you that just wanted to say like screw the bio? Like, let's just keep this rolling. Absolutely, especially coming off the rankings came out top ten yeah. in. Canada that's our first time mm -hmm. in UFT football for I don't know how long it's just we did not need the breaks that the bye week gave yeah. us we needed the momentum to keep going and I wouldn't say that's to blame but it played a part yeah no I agree it definitely had some sort of impact on just the I would say the readiness into yeah. the next week like like you know we were done like okay we have a week off we're just gonna you know go through yeah. motions and I feel like that was a that bad, was a big deal. little bad timing for that yeah terrible timing yeah. for it all right, so then, Will, I want to specifically ask you, uh, number one, what do you figure the over-under is on times you've been called Doug? Oh. <laughs> or do you have the number? I don't have the number, but oh, God. We joked about introducing you as Doug, but we, we, heard, we heard that doesn't go over well. Yeah. Uh, it, it depends who it comes from. If it comes from the heart, I'm okay with it. Um, no, a number of times, though. But obviously, it's hard to talk about your football career, the legacy you're currently making at U of T and not connect Absolutely. with your brother. Uh, so just growing up with an older brother, the caliber of Doug, uh, for those listening, watching, who might not be familiar, had a great career at Queens. I didn't know this till this morning, doing a little research, went to a Giants yeah, uh, the rookie camp, rookie camp yeah. which is awesome. Then spent some time with Edmonton before. Yeah, just he burned Eli Apple to the uh, rookie camp. Oh, for real? Yeah, cut, That's a, a, deep, nice cut a deep one on him. So, yeah. <laughs> Do you guys just play that video on loop like at the house? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but just talk a little bit about having an older brother like that and the influence. Honestly, it was great. Like from elementary school all the way through high school and even in university, like constant motivation. And he's not the type to tell me in my face that he's proud of me, but like he'll do little things like tell me like good stuff. So it's just like it was a good influence and he did a good job of keeping me motivated. And I'm very thankful for him. So then, and I, I want your response on this too, just sort of how you both end up at UFT, but I'm curious, there must have been a big pull for you to go to Queens, because obviously, not just with your brother, but just Nelson having the connection with, because McPhee played at Nelson McPhee, too, right? Uh, he went to Notre Dame. But, uh, but a, a Burlington, yeah, Burlington guy as well, yeah. so obviously a really a hotbed for Queens Gales recruits. Absolutely. Uh, 
I imagine there was a lot of pressure on you. What was it like uh, in the recruiting process? Yeah, so my sister also went to Queens. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she graduated from there like three years ago. So big Queens family. But I thought, like, I didn't want to live in a shadow at Queens. I wanted to make my own path. So that was the main reason Queens wasn't really, like, they were on the radar, but it wasn't realistic because I just wanted to do my own thing. And so, Nolan, for you, I did a little research. There's some old... Uh, can of football chat chat articles about about all you guys naturally, um, but there was a quote in one of them where you mentioned that going to U of T, you just sort of saw that there was there was going to be a, the team was going to be successful in your during your tenure. Some kind of quote about that. But what did you see as a recruit or in your grade twelve year or whenever it was that made mm-hmm. you think that U of T was the spot and that you know we talked to Clay a little about that you guys are laying down a foundation for success. But aside from just a foundation for future success, that you could be part of a winning culture right now what did you see mm, I would say that the reason the main reason for me coming here to begin with is just uh, you know the amount of interest that I really got from them in terms of in comparison to other teams anyway because you know I had you know a few visits here and there around the around the province but UFT like they really really pushed for me like you know constant messaging constantly you know like how's it going how's school like what do you say you come in today if you want to you know do a workout you know that kind of stuff so I just saw it as genuine and there I don't know I can't know I can't speak to you but I've seen I had a lot of disgenuine meetings as well and visits as well then I was kind of I realized that you know some teams really are just trying to get a body and not trying to get you so you know with this team that was totally different I just saw that hey they really want me and then you know I heard you know I got some other great talents coming in the same year so couldn't be more excited when I signed so, yeah, we, we spoke with Clay a little bit about um, the recruiting process, and you were just saying, obviously, that U of T was a little more genuine and stuff. Have you guys ever had to, you know, talk to the younger high school kids coming in and be that kind of, like, you're the one saying, hey, we really want you to come in and be part of this team? Uh, I would say I'm a little less experienced than you are, for sure. Yeah, Like, like if, if you had to, you know, have a recruit, like, is there a particular restaurant you would take them to? Um, oh, that's a good question. What do they feel like? Depends. <laughs> I mean, like, if they like steak and you try to take them to the keg or something? We have done. We did that last year yeah, with a uh, recruit. Yeah. I mean, UFT doesn't yeah. have a Morton's steak? Uh, no, I, I wish. I wish. <laughs> yeah, no. Don't have that link. <laughs> but, yeah, what's, what's the experience like being in? Because, you know, the two of us being from Toronto, and it's always been this thing. We talked a little bit about how not only have, has it been tough for UFT recruiting, but specifically keeping Toronto kids to stay uh, at UFT. So, You'd think that you guys have a massive advantage being right in the heart of downtown yeah. Toronto. So without getting into too many of the details that you might not want to share, what is like a night out with a recruit when you're hosting for them? Like what kind of things are you going to? What usually, you, what's the sales, what does, what's the sale pitch? Usually we'll just take them out to dinner, like wherever it may be that day. And it's hard to find boredom in the city of Toronto. So yeah, exactly. usually going out to a club or something with them, try and show them. All ages clubs, of course. Of course, of course, <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever take him to uh, the Dairy Queen out in Aurora? No, <laughs> no, no, definitely not. So old staff discounts? <laughs> yeah, yo, the discount there was pretty great. I'm not gonna lie. Honestly, it didn't help me out with the off season progress. So definitely, <laughs> definitely sent me back a couple. I thought blizzards were just full of protein. No, no, no. there's no like protein add on to the blizzards. No, man, they just. I that's straight. what keeps gotta, it from sticking upside down. It's, it's a pro- man ice cream, and then it's whatever. So it's like you want your cookie dough, your Reese's Pieces puffs, man, like dude. <laughs> Throw them in. So the joke here, of course, being for anyone listening, watching, if you haven't clued in, Nolan used to work yeah. at yeah. Dairy Queen. Yeah. Exactly. Zach, Zach really does his research. Still a little digging. Um, yeah. So then, just kind of going off the gridiron real quick, what's the best blizzard? Oh, if you, so you got to get the cookie dough one, and you got to switch the chocolate sauce for caramel. You can ask somebody to do that, and they'll do it. Right okay, so that no, kind of leads into my not, next, whew, that kind of leads into the next question being, what's the best off-the-menu order you can do at Dairy Queen? Oh. <laughs> like for the guy coming in at like one in the morning he's maybe had a few too many he's you know getting a little <laughs> yeah, creative like the best one that we got was like hey man like you know do, can I just get like a just double double man just give me a coffee and I'm like yeah man we actually don't do that and he was just like he was so just so distraught he's like no way man like you're kidding me bro it's like it's 9am like are you kidding me you don't have fucking coffee and I was like okay like that was probably the best. Like, yeah. like he was very distraught that we, that we just didn't. We just didn't this have. Is a, this is a Dairy Queen. Yeah, yeah. That was, that's, that was we, the. We that can, was do, we can do the cream or the milk. That was kind of. That was kind of my response. I'm like, like we kind of just do ice cream, you know, maybe like a little fries, but that's it, man. Like that's pretty much that's all we got for you. And then he was. 
I mean, imagine I'm rolling into like a corporate meeting at 9 a.m. with a blizzard. Like they didn't have coffee. Yeah. I had to get, yeah. I had to get a, I had to get a choice. I had to get a blizzard. It was the caramel, what, caramel sauce. That's where I was just wondering, like, man, why would you like think, oh, Dairy Queen? Yeah. Like easy. No, best easy. Dairy, best Dairy Queen menu item is the chili cheese dog. Or was the DQ near my house doesn't do them anymore. DQ does have underrated like hot dogs and burgers. Super underrated. Because they're uh, I don't know if every every franchise did this, but we like made them on the spot. Like they're not like some like really yeah. like yeah. Like they're not like you make them and they kind of sit in like the little heating and then you toss them. Like no, they're legitimately cooked as they're ordered. So we went to A and W before this like chumps. <laughs> well, now it's chump so move. Dairy Queen's not too off the radar for football as far as I'm concerned because at Guelph that was the so we'd have our team dinner Friday night before the game, uh, and then all the guys would go to the local Dairy Queen just shut that place down. That was just the ritual or whatever. Uh, do you guys have any kind of the night before rituals as a team or as a receiving core that you guys do? Last year we had a, uh, we didn't do it at, before every game, but we had a little ice cream. Uh, yeah, there was a little. Ice cream, little date yeah. with all the receivers. So yeah. What's the spot? Was it Dairy Queen? No, it was, uh, I forget the name of this place. It's on a, Give them the shout out. Maybe you'll get a deal I know, for next I know. Year. Um, I'm blowing it's it right now. Wait, was it Greg's ice cream? I'm just thinking of places near U of T, but. It wasn't. We could go with Greg's ice cream. We go with Greg. They got some good ice cream. Shout out Greg's ice cream. Yeah, there's the one across from Brunny's. Is that Greg's? The one from where Brunny's used to be. It's uh, it's like right near like the JCC at. Where was it? It's in uh, it's in Yorkville. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's it's one of those. It was like it's like under no, it's super uh, see where the scholarship money's going. Yeah, no, just hey, um, just just on the note, obviously you're saying you know you go out as a as a team. The, the bird gang, which I think has like 15 members at this point. There's a, a lot of you guys. Oh, yeah. There's a um, big I, flock. Yeah. yeah. I noticed before, pretty much before every single game, the two of you and Layman and sometimes Daniel would post pictures of just wolves. And I'm wondering just what a little a little backstory behind that. Um, um, I guess it's just like we're, we're looking for our inner wolf that day and we're just – we're channeling it, that. Is it all just from the same account, or do you guys like go out and look for accounts that have pictures of wolves? Because <laughs> it's not just pictures; you're like posting people's accounts. Yeah, no. Sometimes it's an account, and like sometimes the night before, I'll look. I, I'll look up like wolf eating like animal. Like just, just, <laughs> like just find something really aggressive on there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, just man. You know, I've, wolves have been my favorite animal since I was you know a kid. So hearing when when we talked about yeah. it, the first time I figured out that he was like that too was. It was pretty dope, and then yeah, it just kind of became a thing. Every, so that, that was the stepbrothers. Every game, yeah, yeah, So speaking of animals, though, um, and you don't have to answer this question by any means, but why? And we know you guys love U of T. Everyone here loves U of T. Why do you guys have su- such a dumb mascot? The beaver. <laughs> yes, the beaver. <laughs> um, For the varsity U of T varsity blue. We get it as blue, and you guys are varsity. Yeah, blue. I don't know beaver. Like that's I don't the least intimidating thing ever. I don't know the reason behind it. Yeah, I should. But I think I'm not 100 percent sure. I think the University of Toronto crest might have a beaver in it. Oh, interesting. You actually, I believe, are right. I now think that it I might think have that, a beaver. In that, it. that is actually true. Well, now that's just like a deeper hole for us to dig into. Yeah. Like, why is there a beaver <laughs> yeah. on the U of yeah. T crest to start with? Well, look, we all know I don't know my history of mascots because I thought the Queen's Golden Gales. I thought Gales was a bird. So. Yeah. What is, is it? Is a, it not? It's like a person, right? See, like, I'm not the only one thinks it's a bird. It's a Highland. It's Highland oh right, person. no, it is. It's like a Highlander. Something, yeah, that's what a gale is. Something oh, yeah. stupid. I don't oh know, yeah, something kind of I forgot about that. So I know you have your history with Queens, but I went to Western, so yeah. I have nothing but hate for them. <laughs> so we asked Clay a similar question. Um, you know, obviously, it's great to get your guys' takes on the team and, and what you guys think will you guys, you guys will look like going forward. But it's also really fun just getting your guys' perspective on some of the other teams, some of the other players in the league. So whether at your position or any other position, are there any guys on other teams that? week by week or just when the season's done you're checking in to be like oh how'd this guy do or anyone across the league that you're kind of comparing with or just that you always tune in to see like oh they're gonna have some highlight plays yeah definitely um at our position i'm gonna like tyler chanowski and gordon lamb like yeah it's hard to ignore those guys they're always putting up numbers and it keeps you motivated too. like comparing yourself to other guys in the league like you want to you want to compete with them at Every every weekend. Yeah, so I would say I Gordon for sure because I actually me and Gordon played Team O together at one point, so I actually do know him personally. So every time you know like they have a game, like I'm always trying to tune into see what he's doing because he's expert route runner, man, great hands, great athlete. So always fun to watch. On on a similar note, there obviously you know OUA and CIS, well I guess U Sports as a whole doesn't have a lot of production coverage, so there's no really mic'd up games anymore like back when Zach and I used to play. Who would you say defensively is 
not the most outlandish, but like the best trash talker when you're lining up one-on-one against them. Because a lot of fans don't know this. Like, football is non-stop trash talk. <laughs> non-stop trash talk. Yeah, non-stop. You can't know, see it, like, but when they're walking back to the huddle, everyone's There's not a lot of good you. ones. There's not a lot of good ones. Share the bad ones, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, who... Okay, who's, who says the most? Who... Like, who says, like, who's talking the whole time from kickoff uh, to... Hoyt on... On Carlton? Carlton. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he talks about shit. <laughs> yeah. He can back some of it up, yeah. too, though. He's yeah. a good player. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, some of the bad ones, <laughs> some of the bad ones I got was like someone would be like, um, "Why didn't you go to Queens like your brother?" And I'm just saying like, "Are you tripping me right now?" Like, yeah, like, Is that a genuine question? Yeah, yeah. Like, do you want me to yeah. answer this? Like, do you have a mic? Like, yeah. why didn't you? Go to yeah. Queens? Or like someone like someone would yell like, um, "Like get in the weight room, like you, you skinny fucking." I'm just thinking like, like, I know I'm skinny. Like, like give me something flavorful here. Like, like make yeah. me now is that from, is that from players or are you hearing that from the fans too? Like, do you guys hear fans when they're no, when they're yelling tripping? I've never. Never, never heard a fan like no? just kind of no. even if they did say something it's like yeah, yeah. I think I think back yeah. I went back when I played high school the only time um, there was like some high school I think it might have been Michael Power Silverthorne where their fans were allowed to line up on the sideline oh, so imagine being a wide out receiver like not even them talking cra- crap but they would all just yell hut 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 oh, hut, yeah. hut. So you'd actually have to like you'd actually have to have your head in looking at the ball to see where it snapped which would be a nightmare when they're playing press coverage yeah. but. and the moment they see you look over they just know you yeah, they, yeah. well you genuinely like, yeah. it wasn't even like it wasn't even there in my head it was like i honestly i can't, yeah, no. I can't yeah, hear my quarterback i can't hear the cadence yeah. uh so well a couple questions for you again uh i understand you are a a quite a skilled badminton player absolutely how does the badminton factor into your play as a receiver? And what, no you know, if, if, you weren't, if you weren't playing for the Varsity Blues football team, would you be the star of the badminton program? Or perhaps are you doing double duties that we don't know about? Know about? I wish I was doing double duties. Um, if I had the skill to play on the badminton team, I'd be there. I would 100% be there. Um, no, in high so school. Did, so is football actually just a backup sport because you weren't good enough at badminton? Or? I mean, I guess you could claim that. If I, if I could transfer the skills... I don't know if I'd be here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious though. Do you accredit like anything from badminton? Like, does the footwork? Maybe I would say the- I would say the footwork because like being like a taller guy, like footwork's like it gets a little rough for me yeah. sometimes. Well, they're, all the yeah. way, they're all the way down there, right? <laughs> yeah. No, but it, it keeps you like agile. It was it was a good little cross sport. <laughs> any, was there any hidden sports yeah. for you, Nolan? Sorry. Um, I played a bunch of sports when I was growing up, but I, I don't know if I was a master like you claim to be at badminton. <laughs> but you know, I played a lot of rugby, played rep soccer until I was ten. Oh no, he loves rugby. Yeah, rugby uh, team practices before us um, during the season. This guy's like saying like, oh, like this guy's kind of trash. Like, <laughs> he's, like, he's making call, he's making callouts. Like yeah, you know, I don't know, like just you know, it was, that was the thing I did in high school. Like, cause football's in the fall. And yeah. Rugby was in the spring. So. So, and I know it's rare, but so then when when Clay throws an interception, are you like, okay, it's time I gotta hit somebody now? Well, you you'll see him. Check the film, man. Yeah. I make some pretty good tackles. <laughs> well, hopefully you don't have to obviously. Make oh, it doesn't tackles. happen too often though. No, Clay, Clay's not, not with pretty Clay, accurate ball. So. Yeah. Um, and this might come with a little bit of a weird question. We'll see if you actually get the reference here. Do you think that you're the gatekeeper of your own destiny? I don't get the reference. No, I thought I thought Nacho Libre was your favorite movie. Oh, <laughs> I thought I could. I thought I could. The gatekeeper, like I, I thought I could throw that in there. One should have been like, uh, what's the yeah? Give us you, the good quotes. The good quote from Nacho Libre is, you know, I just I don't want to get paid to lose, man. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, um, U of T has some pretty good production value for their games, and they do little players. Not I wouldn't call them skits, but get to know your players. Was that embarrassing to have you on the big screen when they said, "See, guess whose player inside, was Nacho Libre?" Inside, um, I'll give you some inside information here. So at first, they made me like do an imitation of of the line. So Jack Black with a uh, with a yeah, racy yeah yeah. Quote. So so they they just say like yeah yeah just just do it, and I and I was. What? Yeah. Like, you want me to do an impression of this? Yes. So I'm like, oh, okay. I tried to pick like a line that wasn't like you know too. Offensive. Yeah, right. Too, and then they just they're like, no, no, no. We need something better. We need, we need, we need. You need to get more into it. So then I did it. And then on game day, when when I saw it, they, you know, they yeah. pre them in the warm up. I just I'm like, oh god, please, please don't like. Don't actually then, do the. Quote. And then then they just showed the scene. So that was that was huge because that was the. Whole time I felt that. Now, are there are there little skits like that? Like, were you part of one that they didn't actually do, or like how many of those do they actually make you guys run through? Um, 
Yeah, I did one. It was like, what's your favorite animal? It's, it's such a and bad I question. panicked, and I didn't say wolf. I said shark. And then my reasoning was... Well, come on, shark's good. No, sharks are good. But my reasoning was because I claimed they're the... Uh, the wolf of the ocean, oh. which I don't even know if it makes sense. Yeah. Like, I, just, like, I mean, you know, they, they, don't, they, they hunt don't in packs. Yeah, and they, and they howl. It didn't make sense, but I was just like, yeah. Also, like, I like sharks because of the wolf of the ocean, and wolf's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Why would you say wolf? It's like, yeah, no, they, they ask some bad questions. Though sometimes it's like, what's your favorite actor? It's like, yeah. it's kind of a bland, like, very normal. Like, yeah. make it, at least make it good. But they okay, have so a whole let's list. Not ask what their favorite actor is. Scratch so that one. Scratch that one. Yeah. But no one. Just. Not too deep a dive on this one. On your IG page, you have the link for future performing Tony Montana at the sideline he of the 49ers. Loves he loves yeah. this clip. So yeah. is this like a deep love of future for the 49ers, for future so, with the 49ers? What's the story of that? So uh, that link changes, I want to say at least once a year. The It used to be um, Jalen Ramsey um, telling Jackson, like, you know, we go into the Super Bowl and we go and then like and <laughs> so then I was like basically I just when I first saw that I, the crazy thing was the day I first saw that clip was the day it got really famous but my buddy actually showed it to me before any of these accounts posted it so it was like really weird coincidence there but I saw the clip and I just immediately thought it was hilarious so that'll be a clip that'll be up there for a while yeah I think my Instagram website is Taco Bell so it's not as good as that sorry why, uh, wait why Taco Bell is that Taco Bell is the mm-hmm. best fast food so oh, that's a absolute worst. Okay, what's the best? You can't say Dairy Queen because they paid you to say that. Arby's. It's Arby's that's man. We got terrible, Arby's man in the house. That's a terrible call. You might be the only person in the world. Beef and cheddar. If Point me in the direction of fast. like a Arby's, like within like ten kilometers. It's crazy because Dio he goes, I've never been to an Arby's, and I think Burlington might have like one of the only Arby's left. Probably. It's like a white I've had a, I had it not for. Yeah. No. You ever been to Taco Bell in the states? Taco Bell is so gross. Like, okay, but once you get past gross. Gross. Very, Look, okay, so I'm, we're talking wait, okay, we're talking <laughs> we're talking like franchises or can I say just any spot? I mean you can say any spot. Like dude, my go to is Papacio, man. Papacio Pizzeria. That's a good one. Okay, but you have to do chain then. Like a chain? Remember, you guys like, are if, are athletes right now. I'm a retired coach, so I can I can eat those twenty dollars worth of Taco Bell and be like, I hate my life, so I don't have to if run. If we're gonna be honest, like there. I'm a big McDonald's guy. Oh, it's like I haven't had McDonald's since grade ten. Like, it, big, it has like, been it's been like eleven years. Ten. It's been eleven years since like, I McDonald's. Caught, like they got they got the versatility. Because I just one, one year I was like, oh, I got to gain some weight for football, and then I ate probably six double cheeseburgers a day. And also, oh, yeah, jeez, you can't do that. Yeah, you can't have it that much. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> so redirecting slightly to the football side of things again. <laughs> oh, come on. Um, so we talked about uh, some of the guys in the league guys mentioning the uh, receiving crew at Waterloo that you enjoy sort of keeping up with in terms of statistically and just seeing what they're doing. For you guys going into next year, going to year four now, Clay going into his last year, um, what, are your, what are your projections for the year? And as well, just are you guys any, uh, do you guys have your eyes on the uh, regional camps and stuff like that for CFL wise or where's your head at with all that going into fourth year? Um, obviously, like our, our eyes are on that type of stuff, but end of the day, playoffs are going to be like our our top goal. Obviously, as any team, championship is is the goal, but playoffs to us like that's that's a big deal for the team. Yeah, like um, like that's been like my sole purpose of like you know ever since I got here is just you know, yeah. we want to go to the playoffs. We want to at least have a shot, right? So that's going to be the first thing. Like all that stuff kind of comes after, you know, once it's all over. Yeah, but. 100%. Yeah, we, we were talking to Clay a little before is that I think playoffs for U of T matters or means a lot more than playoffs for, let's say, Western or Guelph. Yeah, where absolutely. It's kind of yeah, just a yeah. given where, you know, we saw how excited you guys were after that first home win this season and how yeah. big, how important that meant, obviously, to you and, and the fans that were there. There were a lot more fans than usual, especially yeah. those first, you know, three yeah. weeks there. So, yeah, I think playoffs is, is big. You know, it's definitely definitely possible. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I do have one question for you, um, not football related. You know, you have a little bit of a clothing brand. Um, Absolutely. You want to give you a little time to, to plug, tell us about that. We see it on Instagram all the time. Absolutely. So me and um, Michael Lehman uh, started around last year. It's uh, Heaven, the little seven instead of the V. And um, it's small right now. And uh, we're just trying it out, see what happens. So is it seventh heaven or is it just heaven with a seven? I get this question all the time, and um, it's just whatever, like whatever you want. Like, okay. If you want to go have seven, uh, sure. 
What was the inspiration for it? Um, the idea is like Seven Minutes in Heaven. Oh, okay. Like that little game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's it. I wish I could have some romantic some story for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't got one. All uh, right. Uh, what, so what, just see where it goes. Just yeah. Type, yeah. Yeah. Very nice, very nice. You know, you have an Instagram. If you want to buy stuff, you just DM the Instagram. Yeah, so we, ha we have the website, like, up and running. But um, it's a little bit more complicated than we thought for the website. So we just, we kept it just a DM zone. Because it's all local people that, like, follow yeah. us right now. So we're just, we're waiting until we get we'll, bigger. We'll talk after. My, my job is designing websites yeah, and stuff so, like yeah, that. We so can, we'll, we'll we can talk about that. We'll get it with 55 <laughs> and 7 having the collab. Yeah. But nonetheless, two of the main cogs for the Bird Gang, two of Clay's favorite targets, historic years all around across the board for you guys for the offense and I'm sure all the motivation in the world to bounce back next year and like you said absolutely break through the playoffs any last words for any for the fans listening out there anything you want to know about UFT football any um I'd say um for the UFT fans listen to Dakota he uh he's our head guy <laughs> <laughs> it's official now yeah yeah I would just say you know like just looking forward to it man Looking forward to getting the work. And yeah. you guys, you know, obviously it was two and six, but, you know, it was a hard-fought two and six. You guys don't you, – you guys are going to have a target in your back. You're not taking anyone Absolutely. for surprise next year. Does that change the motivation at all? It – what – a big motivating factor next year is it's going to be our first time playing Western because we never got – I've never – yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm making that trip no matter where it is. Hopefully it's in Toronto. I don't want to go London. Well, nonetheless, I'm sure we'll be there, even if it is in London, and we'll yeah. see you plenty of times before then. Did, did you guys know, I don't know if you know this, that um, it's starting small, hopefully it's bigger next year. There is actually pre-game tailgating before your home games. Did you guys so, know that? So they're actually doing it, like, officially in the beer garden now for next really? year. Really? Yeah. It's, like, official, official now. Because, yeah, because it was, I f what was his name? Owen McLeod. Yeah. His dad. His dad. Yeah. Same Mike's dad also. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. tailgates. Um. He's a he's a fan of the podcast and he'd reach out to us and so I joined one of their I think it was before the the Windsor game or something yeah and like it's it's full blown oh yeah they, they take a, it serious yeah, yeah which I think you know if we can if you guys can get actual you know a bunch of parents out there it'll be that'd be perfect that's what I think that's what they're trying to do now which is good so we we in the beer garden is in it's just you can go in before the game and and have beers I think okay. which is odd because the time is one o'clock so people are just gonna be drinking at eleven a.m. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Which, you know, for students is fine. Well, yeah, obviously. I guess I, you know, take it away from the parking lot so people aren't drinking and then yeah, having to go back sure. to the car. Gotta be a little Safety bit first. Yeah. yeah, coordinate it. Well, we'll have to check that one out next year. Have a couple soda pops before the yeah. game. But uh, either way, Nolan, Doug, I mean, well, about. <laughs> uh, thank you so Have much to. for joining us, guys. And uh, yeah, we'll be in touch over the season, okay? Yeah, thank you guys. And honestly, like the work you guys are doing. Yeah, Everybody's noticing. We're, keep, yeah, we're keep thankful for it. it. Keep doing it. It's good local content, man. Smelter short. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you. Everyone's noticing your work, too. <laughs> thank you. Once again, that was Nolan Lovegrove and Will, don't call me Doug, Corby, two of the top receivers, not only for the University of Toronto Varsity Blues, but in the OUA. And I'm sure you could make a, a fairly, fairly solid argument to say that two of the top receivers across Canada and all of U Sports uh dakota as a receiver as a guy who's gotten to know these guys a little bit over the year uh what were your impressions sitting down with them or you know now listening back to some of those clips i mean other than just you know being a, a great group of guys and i'll, I'll loop in diodati and michael layman as well in this mm -hmm. they, they really seem like they got great chemistry um you know i've obviously played receiver at, at quite a few different spots and a few different levels and something that people don't really know sometimes but you know you got a roster of 55 and let's be real sometimes it's 90 you're not friends with all those people i mean i've had a receiver on my squad won't name names i just hated him i hated him but you know it's business you gotta do what you gotta do but them having that chemistry it, it adds a little bit extra to it because you can truly tell that they don't really care who gets the ball they want they want to play together they want to play for the team they want to play for you know that red leaf, that that blue beaver, and go out there and win, and it's it's nice to just kind of see that selfishness, or selflessness, sorry, <laughs> um, and actually just see a bunch of guys that are, are truly friends, you know, truly brothers to be that cliche guy, mm. uh, and go out there and play for that same team. No, I, I I definitely agree, and it it probably helps that their stats as we went over were almost identical, but you could hear the way they were talking about how the success of one motivates the other to have success not out of 
envy or jealousy, but just out of seeing their brother having that success and just wanting to be able to to match him just the way that you have that kind of competitive that friendly competitiveness with you know whether it's a teammate or or, or a friend or, or or you know if we're talking about like you're in your actual like uh, family with a, a relative or a sibling or whatever um so it's it's awesome to see that competitiveness drive them and uh you know with doug in specific pardon me wow with will um talk about a slip of the tongue there but oh, serious n- <laughs> well not not that that was accidental but not so accidental because it was really neat getting to talk to him a little bit about his experience growing up with his older brother doug and the influence that had on him doug of course being such a prominent receiver in the league himself um so yeah that was once again our sit downs our sit downs with clay sequera and then with nolan lovegrove and will corby so that'll wrap it up for episode one of the off-season walkthrough tour. Once again, thank you so much to all the UFT guys that made this happen. And uh, of course, thank you so much for you for listening. Make sure to check us out, not only through the podcast, but we're doing a ton of digital content. So that means you got to be on Twitter following us at the 55 podcast on Instagram at the 55 podcast and on our YouTube channel where Dakota is working long and hard to put together these beautiful videos um, on our channel at 55 Podcast. We are now multimedia, baby. We are slowly taking over. Um, So thank you so much. Next week, we're heading down the QEW to speak with some of the Yates Cup champs in the hammer. It's sure going to be a pleasure to speak with them, get their view on what it's like to be the champs. But, I mean, you and I both know a little bit about that, don't we, Dakota? <laughs> no. I mean, let's be honest, I don't. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, then we'll both get to learn a lot from them, I guess. But for now, that'll wrap it up for us here. We'll see you next week at the 55. <laughs>